And we're back with another episode of uh, the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Cheryl Glassford, come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. Go ahead and check out the latest episode, which also is covered in Inside Sports Fantasy Football, where we cover the latest news and trends in fantasy football, plus last-minute tips and tricks for your championship game. If you have that this weekend, which already has started for many people, I know there's a happy Joe Sorrell because his Steelers won earlier today. So go ahead and check out Inside Sports Fantasy Football or the Pop Culture Cosmos. Also as well, of course, speaking of Joe Sorrell, you know he's out and about celebrating the great win for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you know he's rubbing it in on everyone else. As Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. And of course, you know he runs a company, Simblades. Simblades for a better lawn. Dot com. Also as well, of course, the Lakerholics, uh, of course, unfortunately, they could not decide on a day and time. I think Jamie's a little under the weather and Laker Tom's doing Laker Tom stuff today. So go ahead and check out what they're doing anyways at Lakerholics.com. You know, the trade proposals are flying fast and furious with Laker Tom at Laker Tom on Twitter, but also as well at Lakerholics.com. And of course, Jamie's five things articles. You know, he's not a happy guy. Not only is he not feeling well, as he told me earlier today, he's probably not feeling well because of what's going on with the Lakers. And he'll tell you why at Lakerholics.com. Plus also, of course, our good friends, Empire Jeff TV. He had a recent show. Got to go ahead and check it out. Empire Jeff TV on YouTube. Also as well, Lakers in five. Lakers and Five was also a recent guest of the Lakers Corner. So go ahead and check out what John does each and every time out with his two channels, Clutch Talk and the Lakers Corner. And, of course, our good friend down under in Australia, Tony B. He runs the Larry Lakers Dribbling Chit Chat. And, of course, our good friend, our longstanding good friend, Mr. John McCallion. Hope all is well with him. Go ahead and check out all those great channels. And speaking of checking out great channels, please subscribe today if you haven't already. Or like and follow us on Facebook or Twitter or Twitch or any social media you're seeing this on. Because if you do, you're going to get the latest notifications on when we go live. Like tomorrow with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. Search is in the house. What's up, Search? Great to have you here as always. The best mediator that's out there is Search and Destroy. There is none better in the world of Lakerland that he is indeed. Also, great to have you here. Intel Wild, a supporter supreme that you are. Intel says there's a seriously deathly few flu going around the Lakers these days. Yes, there is, but it's also the loser flu as well because the Lakers have lost and lost and lost. Coming back home, we thought would change things. I honestly thought that the Lakers would get back on the winning track by now. And usually... I get a good beat and a good sense of these things. And I thought, okay, new year, couple days off, just had a terrible, you know, couple days on the road. Hopefully change things. New year, turn to the calendar. Everything would get all better. A lot of home games looking at in front of them in the front, you know, in the front view for the month of January. Things are going to get right. Things are going to get better. Things are going to get good. But no. Not as of yet, after not only one, but two terribly disappointing losses to both Miami and Memphis. 
really is made for a very troubling time for Lakers fans indeed. And so thus we have a, another game coming up on the horizon for tomorrow and we'll see what happens there. But for now it is the anticipation of what's going on with the Lakers, LeBron James after the game saying it just quite like it is. He said that the Lakers suck right now, which is true. They've been doing so terrible. They've been doing so bad. There's no better way to say it. The Lakers have sucked in recent days and recent weeks since they had the glorious win from the IST, the in-season tournament, the NBA Cup, whatever you want to call it, that banner they hung up there. Yeah, that's great, and that's all well and good. But the Lakers right now find themselves as in a team as a team in disarray at 17 and 19. They're in 11th place in the Western Conference, and they have really got their hands full at this time. They're quickly, quickly closing in on the halfway point in the NBA regular season, and they're still finding themselves outside of the playoff picture looking in. What can they do to change this? What can they do to correct this? Well, they did make some minor moves around the fringes today by releasing and waving. Demoy Hodge and Alex Fudge from their two-way contracts uh, from the G League. They were, as far as uh, is concerned, Alex Fudge, a athletic defending forward who, you know, stop me if you've heard this before, is not very good on the offensive end. Okay, he absolutely stinks on the offensive end. And it shows when you're only scoring eight points a game in the G League, that's not good. That's not good right away. That's not what the Lakers need right away. So they had to make a change. They had to go ahead and send him packing along with Demoy Hodge, a guy who we thought might have some promise. He might still have some promise. So only scored about 11 points a game in the G League. So obviously there's room for improvement there. And the Lakers did not see that they wanted to go ahead and you know, just have anything out there for Demoy Hodge. Oh, until I've got an answer for that coming up. But the Lakers think they might have found a, 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 you know, a, a, I guess a needle in the haystack, a, a diamond in the rough. Actually, is a better term because they they have recently signed today, Dylan Windler, to a two-way contract. He'll be eligible for about 31 of the Lakers' final regular season games of the season, according to Bobby Marks of ESPN. Dylan Windler, six-six forward. His most recent game, now, mind you, this is sometimes in the G League, they set these spike games up, and they set it up almost like squash matches in the WWE back in the day on Saturday mornings. He got a 2022.33 rebound game in the G League in his last game. So after that performance, looks like Rob Palenka or whoever on the scouting staff immediately clamored Robert, Rob Palenka to go ahead and sign him, and that he did. So Dylan Windler is on a two-way contract now for the Los Angeles Lakers and will be eligible to play about 30, 30, 31 games for the rest of the season. So we'll see what happens there. Will he give us 22 points and 33 rebounds in, I don't know, three games, four games? Search and Destroy says, the G League kid will save us. All hail the savior, Dylan Windler. I said that to Magic earlier today on a DM, and he died laughing almost because he thought that was so funny. The Lord's savior, 
Dylan Windler. Yes, there you go. But uh, we'll see if he can actually provide anything for us in 31, uh, the next, uh, I guess, what, 31 out of 46 games under his current two-way deal. So we'll see what he can do for us. But yes, he did score 22 points and 33 rebounds in his previous G League game. He's had stretches and even actually had a little bit of a taste, a cup of coffee earlier this year with the New York New York Knicks. He's had tastes with the Cavs. He's had tastes with other teams. Said he's, he's had bites at the apple from the NBA, but not been able to stick. About a 37% three-point shooter. So, okay. A little bit above average. We'll see what happens if he can actually stick in the league this time. If he can actually give something to the Lakers that they sorely need. So we'll see what happens. But Darren says, what's the line in Vegas for tomorrow's thumping? Uh, I think it is about 10 at this point is from what I last saw. It was that right around uh, 10 was the point spread at this point in time. So, you know, with the L.A. crowd in town on the weekend, they usually bet on the Lakers. So I imagine that, Darren, you and I both know, if you're familiar with the Las Vegas uh, scene here, the the. Southern California people, they come up for the weekend, they bet on the Lakers, and the, that odds seem to go a little bit swayed, a little bit different than what it actually should be. So I have a feeling that by the time game time rolls around, the Lakers will not be as much of a underdog as I think that maybe they should be or will be uh, if, during the course of the game. So we'll see. But Empire Jeff's in the crowd. Truly appreciate you joining us. And also here today, he is here. It is the man behind SimBladesWithAY.com. It is Joe Sorrell. Joe, great to have you here. Kurt Affair, Intel Wild, all of our great crew. Darren is in the house, absolutely. Bloodhound, cannot thank everyone enough for stopping by. I would say that we're in for a, I don't know, most people are talking about getting a, a, a beating on Sunday, but... We did make a new signing, Dylan Windler, again, the G League phenomenon coming back into the league on the two-way. Do you think he will provide anything at all for the Lakers this year? <laughs> that, this is what it's come down to, Joe. This is what it's come down to. So let's say he has a good game on Sunday. Are we going to anoint him the next big star? Oh, I already called him the Lord Savior to Magic 33 Man. rebounds. Yes, in in his yeah in his previous G League game. Yes. Well, it's certainly better than nothing. Uh, if we can get him the rebound, L that that would be a huge benefit. I think if we can solve that problem, then we can probably figure out what the other problems are, like making shots. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he shoots about thirty-seven percent too. So, yeah, he does everything. He's so good. Uh, absolutely. My. I got Congrats to your Steelers, by the way. Everybody's saying Thank in the chat. Appreciate it, guys. Yes, it was uh, unfortunate that the coaching staff couldn't put in uh, Mason in before uh, the two games that they used uh, Trubisky. Because I think if they had put him in in both those games, I think they win at least one more, and we'd be in the playoffs right now. But um, I'm proud of what they've done here the last few weeks, and I'm hoping that. The Bills or Jacksonville lose tomorrow, uh, so we can have a chance to see what they what they could do here, get a little playoff experience. The question will be: Is will, will they play Kenny Pickett next week? Uh, the answer is probably no. If they okay. play, but uh, I, I did see something. Uh, Sean and I have been talking here for the last uh, uh, couple of days. 
He's supposed to be resting, by the way. Yeah, I, I was supposed to rest, but then I saw you solo and I felt bad. So I said, you know what? I'm going to. Well, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, see, I do care about Gerald Glassford, folks. <laughs> uh, uh, there's there's a quote from Bam Adebayo. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this to you guys. This is from uh, a tweet. Uh, I think it's a tweet from our Lakers or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Bam throws shade at Darvin Ham. Quote, Spolstra is never going to lower himself to blame guys being out if we lose. You got 15 guys in the roster for a reason. Wow. <laughs> uh, one of the few times I can say that another team sticks their nose in somebody else's business, but I wouldn't maybe call it that. I think just, just call it what it is. Right. Yep. So uh, for those of us who think not everyone knows guys, this is, these are professional athletes, professional executives, professional coaches. It's very obvious that these guys know what's going on. What we see is what they see, if not even more. So the secret is out. If you will, Darvin Ham has a reputation right now of being exactly what we call him. And that's an excuse machine. And when your coaching leader uh, keeps throwing excuses, that's usually the sign of death. So uh, the vote of confidence always cracks me up, right? They're all, he's all like, we're in line with Jeannie. Uh, I don't know how many times I've seen that in my life, either in any sport. Oh, you know, he's got our support. Yeah, and then two weeks later, he's fired. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen here other than uh, we're going to have to gauge it. Obviously, I think if they win, they lose 10 in a row, he's going to have to go. Uh, They're not going to have a choice. Uh, If they win tomorrow, then, of course, things kind of settle back down a little bit. Not sure if D'Angelo is going to be playing tomorrow. Uh, It's looking like we need him. Uh, At least a guy that can make a shot here and there. I didn't realize how valuable he was when he does play. Uh, even if he's there, it seems. Minnesota they wouldn't say the same thing. Well, it, here's the thing. It, it seems like they've been terrible without him. At least when he would not play well, it, it, it they still somewhat had some. You're talking about the play. Lakers, not Minnesota. No, I'm talking about Lakers. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I I don't know what that is. It's just a weird thing because he, he would just – he would play tragically here, like let's say in the second quarter, and then he's not playing in that. So, you know, let's say the fourth. Uh, but it seems like since he's been out, it's just not working. Well, it may actually, it does make sense because he's one of the few guys that can hit a mid-range shot. Rui Hachimura can hit mid-range shots, and that's really what's been killing him is they can't get that mid-range shot. So all those zones that they were throwing at him, the way to bust it would be to hit those mid-range shots, to keep him honest. And that's 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 been the adjustment by Miami and and Memphis the last two games. But we're we're in a there's so many issues. It's not just Darvin Ham. There's so many issues with guys not staying healthy, guys that aren't focused enough to play well. They're not shooting shots well. They're not. It's just it's a you know if they're not going to listen to Dar- let's say right now if they're not going to listen to Darvin Ham, uh, you would you would think that okay well how about don't listen to him for good reasons. Can you go guard the guy at the three-point line? And after a while, it'd be nice. After a while, if, if Marcus Smart keeps hitting a shot, you might want to put a, put a face to him. He's not that tall. You could put somebody like Cam Reddish, or or 
I don't know, Christian Wood to at least the you know Vanderbilt or somebody make make it make it hard for them to see. But the Budenholzen way is 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 a terrible, tragic way of playing basketball. Stop leaving those guys open. This is 2024. These guys make those shots now. This isn't 2005. I had a discussion actually. I'll end this before I let you go. Let you continue here, Gerald. The um, the old timers talk about how today's player couldn't play in the '90s. <laughs> um, if you're allowed the club guys at the three, I agree. But if any of these teams played in the '90s. The guys in the '90s would have no shot at stopping them. These guys could shoot. I mean, look at look at Bain, look at Desmond Bain hitting a logo three, nothing but net. That stuff didn't happen 15 years ago. Steph Curry started that, and now everybody plays like that because they, they practice that stuff all the time. They practice it. Hey, these guys can shoot from anywhere. They're snipers. They're all snipers. Even the ones that stink can get on a hot run. And everything's devised for that. So at the end of the day, it's still basketball. You need to get the ball in the hoop, and that's that's that. Uh, you gotta you gotta play like everyone can make an open shot, folks. Doesn't matter if they stink, except the Lakers, of course, because they they don't really make the shots, but they do uh, they do guard. I mean, I did see Memphis guard some guys, so they couldn't get a clear shot most of the time. How about we do that too? That's all I'm asking for. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. Once again, it is the Lakers Fast Break. It is Joe Sorrell from Simblades, SimbladesWithY.com, and of course, as Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. It is me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching listening tomorrow. Don't forget, we have our pregame. And also as well, our playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. We'll try to do another simulcast on all of our outlets for the Lakers and the Clippers. And of course, the best post game for the Lakers can be found nowhere else than right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Intel Wild dropped in the super chat. Truly appreciate you doing so, Intel, as always. Great to have you doing it. He says, Joe, what is the massive hugs Ham gives all the starters before the game starts? Did Phil or Riley hug players before the games? Shake my head. Uh, Here we go. I'm not going to say that that's not good. Didn't didn't Phil Jackson sh- smudge people with the 
Eastern American Indian type stuff. I mean, um, I mean, there's a lot of glad hand. The coach, you know, depends. Sometimes the coach is just in, in conversation with his assistant. Sometimes much easier, he's actually involved with the players. It's much easier to hug, smudge, and say I love you to your players when you know how to coach. We don't care that LeBron, uh, LeBron, Vince Lombardi said he loved certain, you know, loved players, you know, because he was a great coach. Phil Jackson could meditate with his guys and give them books and talk to them privately, whatever. But it's easy when you have Michael Jordan there, right? Um, winning championships. That doesn't concern me. I really, I, I, I don't, it doesn't matter to me. I don't think that's for or against in my book. Um, the problem with this team is it's, it's everything at this point. It's just not clicking and unless these guys start to really take hold of what they really want to be, they're just, they're just not going to be able to go anywhere, go anywhere where we want them to go, where they need to go. So I don't, I don't, I don't look at that. I don't, I don't, not too concerned about it. I don't, I don't think it matters. Well, I'll tell you what though, right now what we have is a big problem on our hands because the team is starting this homestand and it's gone over two against teams that really they should have beaten. You had a depleted Miami team without their best player. And then you had Memphis 11 and 23 in the midst of a, you know, a reeling as far as what one out of the last five, I think was what their record was heading into that game. And they had just played a game on the previous day. It was a back to back for them. And we still managed to find a way to bumble and bungle and basically just find any which way we couldn't complete that fourth quarter. That fourth quarter was surprising in many ways about how they just gave up. They literally looked like they gave up. LeBron and AD gave you 30 plus points, but still saw what was going around them and just gave up. It looked like it from after that six minute mark or whenever Mark is smart or Desmond Bain would, you know, snap off a three late in the game, just looked like they gave up from there. Yeah, it it's, you know, looking at the, the roster, it's just, it's not a good roster. You know, minimum type players are not, unfortunately, typically difference makers unless they're good at the beginning of their career. Someone like, let's say, Caruso. But if you have a veteran who's been around for a while and he's still playing for the minimum and you're using him as a starter or giving him regular minutes, that's usually a bad sign. It's just it's just a bad sign that you don't have enough talent on the team. And Darwin has a lot of the blame in my book. A lot of the blame is because he's not a, a professional coach. He's an excuse machine. And that's the first no-no when it comes to head coach. You saw LeBron yesterday, be honest. He said, we suck right now. And I, I, I'm not, if you say anything but excuses, I'll, I'll be on board with you. But to say that guys are not playing and this and that, I'm like, well, what was it when they were playing? You were still losing. What was it? You won, you, you, you've lost 10 of the last 13 games. What about the other games that they were playing in when you lost? See that's that's a that's not thinking. You're not thinking when you when you talk like that. It doesn't make any sense. If 
you were winning, and then all of a sudden, D'Angelo and, and Rui were out the last two games. Okay, I'll buy that. You know, they're out. They're integral parts of the the team where they need some shooting and some scoring and some depth. But you were losing before they got those guys got bounced. So now what? Oh, we're retired from the tournament. That one was really the one that that kind of finished me with Darvin Ham. I I can't I can't logically let that register. These are still regular season games you're playing. What is what difference does it make? You played harder, and that's you get stuck in a trap there, by the way. So are you telling me you played harder in those six games before the seventh game? That wasn't that didn't count. That makes you look bad too, if not worse. You're supposed to play hard every game. You're professionals. And these games matter in this league right now. They matter. You can't, you you are teetering on getting out of the playoffs here. Every win matters at this point. You put yourself in a bad hole. Parity has arrived to the NBA, folks, for the first time in probably 45 years, maybe almost 50 years. There was some parity, some parity after the 73 season. You had Golden State winning 75. And even, even then, you know, teams were only winning once, once a year. No one was going back-to-back. The last time... The last back-to-back champion was in 69 until the Lakers went back-to-back in 1988. So if you look at 73, that was the last year Jerry West played and 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 Wilt played, and they lost to the Knicks in five in the finals. And then you had uh, 74, you had the Celtics, you had Gold State in 75, you had uh, the Celtics again in 76, Portland in 77, 78 was the... Uh, the uh, then bullets, and then you had Seattle, and then the Lakers. There was, there was a little parity there. You didn't know really who was going to win before. It was either the Celtics, the Lakers, the 76ers, the Hawks, and then the Knicks kind of came in there at the end. But that's it. Now we're getting that. We're getting that again. We are getting that again. So every game counts, folks. Darvin, every game counts, especially when you're sitting at 17 and nine. And you still got a month until you get to the sweet spot in February where you don't have to travel outside the Pacific time zone. But will it matter? I don't know. I don't think so. Not my, my confidence is dwindling by the day. You lost. You've been losing a lot of home games when you were playing really well. Even when you sucked, you're still playing really well at home. But last few games, man, you've been getting smoked at home. That's embarrassing. Absolutely. I mean, I thought, to be honest with you, Joe, as I said to our, our audience, I thought coming into this year, they had a couple of days off coming off that terrible road trip. And they had a home, a lot of home brewing coming up here in this month. I thought, you know what, they're going to get on the right track. Uh, they've got some good games coming up. Uh, Memphis on the back to back should be good. No. And that's and that's you know what kills me most is in that Memphis game again, back to back. And with Memphis in that fourth quarter where Memphis should be fatigued the most. If you're playing so much within a 24 hour period, 48 hour period, they killed the Lakers in that fourth quarter. That's what hurts me the most. That's what burns me the most. That's what makes me angry is the fact that the Lakers going into that fourth quarter saw a team that should have been the wounded, fatigued animal and just let it off the hook. No, what they did was they Mayweathered the Lakers. 
So Mayweather, the last five fights he had, I noticed he would kind of relax. He'd lose two of the four rounds. And then all of a sudden, fifth round hits. He wins the Almost fifth, like the, the rope sixth, seventh, the eighth, the ninth. Yeah. And then he'll maybe lose one more round after that. And then he would win in a unanimous decision. Taylor Jenkins played Darvin Ham like a fiddle. He kept them balanced. The game was tied up after three. And then he turned on the zone. And that was it. So he, he, he basically, I might be overanalyzing here, but it's what I saw. I believe he let them coast a little bit, knowing the Lakers are extremely deficient in so many areas. And then they, once it got to to the fourth quarter, and he's like, you know what, we're we're even. If they were losing like by ten in the third, he might have turned it on quick, faster. But it played perfectly. I'd say his game plan was, let me coast till till I have to, and he did it exactly how you would do it, exactly. He he hustled them for three quarters, and then dropped the zone, and the Lakers couldn't pick their own rear end after that, and they ended up winning. It was a master class of out coaching in my book. One of the more obvious, uh, very, very good coaching versus very, very bad coaching. And we're supposed to have talent, uh, smart guys on the team too. LeBron is supposed to be some kind of a genius, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. So when you hear the comments that Darvin Ham makes after the game, because you know, even LeBron, you got to admit, uh, finally said what we're all saying in that that they suck, because they have sucked and they do suck right now. That, but you hear Darvin Ham making excuses left and right, as you talked about with Bam Adebayo pointing that out. You talked about Darvin Ham saying, "Why are we, you know, hanging on to every win and loss? There's some. It's a marathon. You don't have to worry about every single game." That sounds like someone I used to talk to you know, every now and then named Laker Tom, because Laker Tom also has that it's just one game mentality. Remember early in the season last season when the Lakers were two and 10, all I was, you know, Laker Tom was on more frequently then he would say, it's just one game, John. It's just one game. They add up, my friend. They add up. Well, we've lost 19 games and I'd say, with the talent we have in LeBron and AD, I'd like to think we should have won at least five more out of that 19 losses. All those at home, all those against teams that we're playing on the back end of the back-to-back. Look at this. Uh, if you look at the, 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 the record, if you just win five more games, you're looking at a completely different uh, look. What are you at, right? 22 and, uh, and 14. That's, somewhat reasonable being that they did play the most back-to-back games until new year's they did win a tournament they did you know play a pretty tough schedule where they're on the road a lot but are you all gonna play better now that and and, but if you're gonna play that kind of schedule it's best to play it at the beginning because that's when you're the most fresh Mm -hmm. so you're doing a disservice for yourself right now you're two games below 500, and you're playing some really good teams here in the next week or two. This thing could get away very quick, 
and then go ahead and ask that question of it's just one game. When it's 19 and 25, what are you going to say then? When it's 25 and 40, you're going to say it's just one game. If you have that kind of mentality, I'm sorry to say this, that's a loser mentality. Why did, why was there so much pride back in the day to play all 82 games? Because you're there to do a job. It's not just one game. Why are the greats always doing that? Heck, even LeBron. LeBron played 82 games in 2017. Played 82 games after all that he had done at that time. It was a long time. And he had to deal with the fact that Kevin Durant going out Golden State destroyed his, his, his rise. He was about to possibly make a back-to-back, another back-to-back run, or maybe even a three-peat. It's, it's just not, it's just not, I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to ever wilt under the current generation of BS. If you want to take games off, if it's just one game, then turn in your paycheck. Turn in your paycheck for that day so that we can go get somebody that could play. That's how I feel about it. <clears throat> my guys, guys, my voice isn't as bad as it sounds. Just it's, shouting for the Steelers, I was telling them. No, I wasn't shouting. I just have, I think I caught something at the Rose Bowl and it didn't come to fruition. Oh, you were with what, 100,000 other people? There yeah, I was, yeah, usually I'm, geez, I, I, I mean, I'm not, I don't regret it, but I'm never around that many. Uh, I don't go to the, I'm not around people like that, but um, I wouldn't trade it for anything. If, if you called me last week and said, look, you're going to go to the Rose Bowl and enjoy uh, a game with your family and Michigan's going to win, but you're going to get the flu afterwards, I still would have taken it. <laughs> Intel Wild in our Super Chat. Thanks so much again for the Super Chat. Truly appreciate any time anyone out there gives us a Super Chat. It really helps us out here at the Lakers Fast Break. Yes, off topic, guys, but do you think in the next five years the NBA will add a four-point logo shot? I'm going to say... I hope not. I, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say that they won't. I'm just gonna say I hope not because we see teams already hitting the 150 mark several times this season. Like it's not too, not much at all. I mean, Milwaukee, Indiana, they hit it with quite uh, quite a bit of regularity. Although tonight both teams didn't. They actually both lost. Your thoughts on a four point logo shot, Joe? No, I just think it, too, it's too just gimmicky. too gimmicky. Yeah, yeah too gimmicky. <laughs> you said all the same thing. <laughs> Too gimmicky. Yeah, you're you're good. I would say the only way you can change some things, you would have to expand the courts and make the three point line longer. Then then that would that would be something I could I could go with, but I don't know. That would help the Lakers oh so much, wouldn't it? I I can't even hit the shot now. Where's that? Yeah, yeah, maybe they move it in for some and move it back for others. Yeah, the four point shot has been talked about. I know that they, I think, doesn't the big three when they were playing, did they have a four-point shot? No, the ABA? No, the the, the uh, Ice Cube League, the big three. Uh, they might have. Yeah, they might yeah. Have a... I mean, it's fun when it's something like that, but at, at some point, it you kind of lose the, the classiness of the game. Kind of like how uh, Goodell and the owners have destroyed the, the kickoff with uh, nine, 90 percent of the time, the kickoff is out of the out of the end zone. At this point, they might as well just start at the twenty-five. They've destroyed that 
they have absolutely destroyed that play. And that's one of the, you have a shot at doing stuff with that play sometimes and getting better field position. But unfortunately we have to worry about people who aren't tackling right or getting concussions still on those plays. Well, yeah, I just, I think it's just too gimmicky. I just think you would water it down. And then again, people would be chucking up uh, quite a bit more than what they do as far as those logo shots. And I, I'm not sure I'm, I'm, you know, even as a guy who loves the 140, 150 point games, I, I just, that's just too much for me. That that's overkill. That's something where, you know, for instance, we follow the Lakers. The Lakers are one of the worst shooting three point teams that are out there. But yet you wouldn't see LeBron chucking it up from the logo if that was the case. That to me was just, it, it's just not smart basketball. It's just not good basketball if you're always trying for that logo shot. And it just, to me, it doesn't make any sense. It's just bad offense. You have a team like, for instance, the Lakers who have a hard enough time at this. They don't run too many actions. They don't run too many pick and rolls. They don't run too many, you know, sets with movement. They don't pass the ball around very much around the perimeter. They don't do the things that other teams do as far as ball or man movement is concerned. And you're asking him, you know, this team that absolutely is infatuated with the ISO to go ahead and shoot more logo shots. That would be just more pain for the Lakers fans out there. Yeah. I don't, you know, you, you look at how the game is played now and most of the general audience doesn't really watch basketball. I think the average rating in the NBA last year was. Adam says everybody can hit the three these days. Well, not everybody, Adam. The Lakers haven't been doing it. Although, actually, they did hit 40% yesterday. But indeed, I digress. The, the average rating, which is what's always puzzled me about the NBA and their money machine, they averaged 1.59 rating a game. That's the average. How are they getting these cable and satellite contracts, TV contracts? It's who their their audience is. If their audience is in that uh, demographic. 1.5? That's mind-boggling to me, how you can demand billions of dollars from these TV. Is that overall or is that in the targeted group? So the viewership for the 2023 NBA regular season was around 1.59 million across the U.S. TV networks of NBC, ABC, ESPN, and TNT. What about the twenty vaunted twenty to forty-five? That's that's the key. Twenty to forty-five. The there's there's an and there's the total average as far as viewers are concerned, and then there's the ratings that that you know as far as advertisers key on as far as the demographic. I think it's between eighteen and forty-five or twenty-one and forty-five. Basically, it's the demographic for the, the people with the most uh, money, you know, as far as that have in their heads. So the, the individuals at a certain age that are willing to spend the most money, the most that, okay. the individuals that have the most so They the target pop- that audience. That's the audience that they want the most. So the the popular age, uh, the age group. Which you were, you, I'm no longer in and you were. I'm out. Kind of. Kind it's of really like, 18 to 34. 18 to 34. Okay. So 18 to 34, 21. you almost half of almost half of the NBA watchers are in that age uh, age range. Well, that's why. But those guys don't have any money. 
the uh, money. advertisers would say that that they would tend to disagree with you. They're the ones most likely to spend the money. Well, I, I don't know. I, I'm still trying to get the grips. I, I'm trying to see what voodoo these guys are doing. You know, you look at the NFL, they're getting 26 million people watching their shows. NBA is averaging less than two. It's that's something I got to learn, man. That's just, that's just for regular season. I, you know, there's still special events, special time, like for instance, whatever their Saturday night games, they would get what between two and four. Uh, what did the uh, IST game, the vaunted Lakers game, get that close to six, uh, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, you know, it was a little higher. The number was the most watched game before Christmas uh, in six years, something like that. I mean, that's that's what they taunt. You know, that's what they throw out there. That's what they like to go ahead and advertise because they don't want you to know what the regular season games like, uh, I don't know, for instance, Indiana at Milwaukee would be as far as it's concerned. They just care what you what you see as far as those big time matchups on those national TV games and how much they get. It still doesn't make sense to me. Even those national games, if they're getting a 3-4 rating, how are they demanding billions of dollars on the TV contracts? How does that money come back? I don't know. It doesn't It doesn't compute. Compared to the NFL, it seems like a bargain. So. NFL makes sense because they, they do have 10% of the population watching the game. That's a lot. 10%. The attention span is a little easier for the NFL because it's once a week. Despite the Thursday, Sunday, Black Friday, Saturday, Monday. I think Goodell's hope is to make football every day at some point. Player safety, my ass. But anyways. So I ask you, my friend, with the, with the Clippers coming up tomorrow and everybody already talking about a blowout and not in a good way for the Lakers, you know, it just seems like there are no answers for the questions that we have as far as the season is concerned. And the preface of this show was, has the season already gone off the rails? Has the season jumped the shark for the Lakers already? So even though it's not halfway yet, has the season gone off the rails for the Los Angeles yes. Lakers show? Yes. I'd say can it all... be recovered? Can it be fixed? It can, yes. But trying to get a train back on track is very difficult. It's off It's off the rails. You're talking about two and a half months and you were supposed to play really well at the beginning when you're the most fresh and they haven't. Now it's going to get worse and worse. And if they don't, if they don't get out of this funk and win five, six in a row, they're just not, they can't win one game, lose two, win one game, lose two. It's too much of that right now. It would be okay if they were playing really well. And even after the tournament, they were still 14 and nine. Still not good enough to me. They were 17 and six and then hit a little run, but a 13 game run of crap, that's too much. Five, six games, yeah. But 13 is too much. You want to get out of this funk, you better whoop the Clippers tomorrow. So let me ask you this. Let's say the team goes 500 for the rest for this month. You know, that's it's what about eight, you know, seven and seven, eight and eight, something like that. 
next 15, 16, 17 games. Let's put that. Let's just put it an even number. 14 to 16 games, seven and seven or eight and eight. Is that enough to fire Darvin Ham? Do you think that will be enough to, you know? No, they won't fire him if they finish 500. Probably okay. not. If, <clears throat> if he loses. What do the Lakers have to be at the all-star break for them to make that move? They have to have a 10-game losing streak probably this month. Okay. Maybe even a seven or eight. Okay. But so I don't, what, they've I don't, lost four in a row now? I'm still I'm still in that mode of who you replace them with. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You know what what answers do you have if he's if you take you know send him packing? It's if you send him packing, I think Phil Handy finishes the season. But he's not the long term answer. No, no, not at all. Phil Handy's a great non BSer. He's great at I guess uh connecting with players, but he's not a head coach. He's had some good player development moments. Uh, I mean, Alex Caruso, I think he could pat himself on the back for that. Austin Reeves, he could pat himself on the back for that. The thing is with the with the NBA, the coach has to be a master psychologist. And on top of that, you have to have talent. You have to have talent. You have to have next-level talent. It doesn't it, – everyone has the same result. Everyone, everyone has the great players that are winning. You look at Jokic, you look at Jamal Murray last year. <clears throat> you had Steph the year before. You had Giannis the year after, before that. The Lakers with LeBron and AD. Kawhi Leonard in 19, and then 18, 17, you know, and so on. You have to have the great players, and that's probably where this frustration is. You have two great players on your team. One of them is in his latter stages, but he's still very effective. So you're not only not doing well, you're not doing well with all-world talent. That's not good. That is not good. And I just, I don't, I think he's way in over his head. Way in so- over his head. I know uh, JSJ, and and great to have you here, JSJ, wanted to go ahead and mention something. He's talking about how, uh, and I think I don't want to go ahead and I want to misquote him, so let's bring up right here. He said, uh, let me see. I imagine this like the Chargers and Raiders game. If they get blown out huge, then they fire the coach. I will say when it comes to the Chargers, one thing that irritated me, because I told you last week I went down to the Lakers team team shop in El Segundo, right there on Douglas. In fact, actually it's a – stone's throw from the actual UCLA health center where the Lakers practice on a regular basis. Well, in theory, they practice on a regular basis down there. If you go straight down Douglas, just about a, uh, I'd say about a mile more, uh, three quarters of a mile more. And then you take a right, you go into a shopping center that's devoted to the Los Angeles chargers. And some of the buildings there are even colored in the chargers colors. This is for a team, mind you, Joe that is often called the Clippers of the NFL. That's often called the second banana as far as football teams in Los Angeles. Yet they have a bigger presence in El Segundo than the Los Angeles Lakers. How irritating is that when you when I go? I will tell you, I was really irritated when I drove by it and I see this light blue and chargers this and chargers that and think to myself, Lakers have this rinky-dink little store. And the Chargers have so much more. I've given up on 
just irritating. Just a asking, little irritating. Asking why the the Lakers might be so big, it doesn't matter to them. Yeah, and I'm sure they are. I'm sure they get enough in this far, but it's just these little things that irritate. Them. Yeah, I think the this this thing's going to be cleared up a little bit once the Clippers are out next year. It'll and they have back. their own nice, shiny new arena. It'll be yeah. back to yeah, it'll be back to just having the with Lakers. all the toilets and whatever. <laughs> the yeah, this uh, I'm just not. I don't. I don't. No one wants to go to El Segundo, really. I don't. I don't. That's just me, anyways. Okay. I um, I wanted to answer. Um, one of our guys asked a question. It was Mission. Mission M twenty four. I'm feeling a lot better being D'Lo free. No, there's another question he asked. Hold on, let me get back to it. Okay. Mission, what was your question? Mission had a question. MN24, do you have a question, my friend? Great to have you here in the chat. The best Lakers chat room that's out there is the Lakers Fast Break. It, Like Search and Destroy says, if you're new, please subscribe and like us today to go ahead and get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. Uh, Alan says, uh, he's throwing out some stats. Uh, it just comes down to effort, and the Lakers uh, just don't have a lot of effort going on right now. That fourth quarter was absolutely uh, miserable. So uh, I think, he, yeah, I'm trying to find what what that uh, question that he might have asked that you're that you're shooting for, Joe. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm uh, trying to get back. By the way, I do agree that uh, trade is looking like it's a win-win for both the Knicks and the Toronto Raptors at the time. Uh, yep. Uh, JSJ said the new Clipper Arena and Crypto Arena. Adam says, I hate to say it, but we're but we're 0-4 without D'Lo. Is he that big of a difference, Joe? It seems like he is because he can, he can hit those mid-range shots. And then Rui not being in there was a double whammy. Okay. I, I don't know what else to tell you. Oh, there it is. So Mission was asking me two questions. I'll get to the first one. He asked uh, what I thought about the uh, the take on Undisputed with Lil Wayne endorsing DM. I'm going to be cynical on this one. I'm going to say he did that to create conversation. I don't know if he necessarily believes that. I can't prove it, but you cannot deny, if you're watching these games, you cannot deny that there's a deficiency there. I'm sorry, he's not a good coach. He's not a good head coach at all. Not not even a little bit. We've had a good sample size. He has no idea what he's doing. Um, the second question was, crazy question, but a while back I wanted to ask Joe if he's had any paranormal activity in his house. I remember seeing objects moving in the background, just curious. No, <laughs> I do not. You know what I used to tell my kids is, so they wouldn't get scared of ghosts. I used to tell them, ghosts don't show up. Because they're scared of daddy. We never had one problem with ghosts while they were growing up. Well, they're still growing up, but when they were babies. And I mean, I've I've tried to, I've, I've been to the Whaley house down in San Diego. I stood outside when everyone had left. It was just me, the open window, and a staircase in the back. I stood there for like two minutes. I said, okay, mother effer, show yourself. I'm going to stay here for two minutes. I even timed it. Come on. I just sat there because their door had a window and it was dark in the back, but enough to see the staircase. And then there was a little light that you can see. And then they had one of those old school, like little curtains where you can see on both sides. So I stood there for two minutes. Everyone had walked ahead of me. And I just stood there and I watched and I watched. I said, Come on, where are you? I had to see. No one showed up. 
So that's the, that's the answer there. <laughs> that's Joe Soros ghost story there for you. All right. Uh, before we head on out, the name that still keeps popping up is Zach Levine. Uh, you, you know, with the Lakers in such dire straits, uh, there is the tendency for a knee-jerk reaction to try and think that you're solving the problem. And one of those knee-jerk reactions, according to a lot of fans, not just here in the chat, the world's best chat room that's out there at the Lakers Fast Break, but also as well out there in social media that I have seen, is Zach Levine. Your thoughts, my friend. Will the Lakers end up making a knee-jerk reaction for Zach Levine or someone else that's going to make you scratch your head even more? Well, the only reason why uh, Zach Levine is in the news is there's some talk that Golden State or Sacramento might get him. I'd say it makes sense for Sacramento. Now that Kaminga wants out. Kaminga wants more playing time. Uh, I think there's a disconnect with Steve Kerr. Won't allow him to kind of be him. I don't know if, if that's just kind of like a Cam Reddish thing where in the NBA, it's very easy to know. You're there are the guy or you're not. I, I rarely have ever seen someone who doesn't get enough playing time go somewhere, demand to go somewhere, all of a sudden turns into superstar. This rarely happens. NBA talent is very easy to dissect and to understand once they're playing. So I don't, I don't know if that's going to be a big part of, Hey, let's put it this way. If anybody can pay that money, but I don't know if they're going to go over to the heart. I mean, they're, they're hard capped, aren't they? They're in the second apron. Do they have the balls? Even with even with all the reductions and the, the suspensions and all that stuff, they're still way over. Are they going to trade either Clay or Draymond Green in that deal? That's what would have to happen. Wait, but remember, Clay is like forty-three. That's a that's a lot of players in the Lakers end to go ahead and trade. Let's just say uh, that. they they would they would be hard they would be hard capped if if they made that trade without using those guys or one of those guys. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I don't think that's. And as long as they stay over the second apron, this would be the last time they could do a multiple player trade because you have to do a one for one. You know, if you're stuck in that second apron. Uh, I think following the season, you're only allowed to do a trade if it's just like one for one. You you can't do multiple player trades, I believe, after that under that new second apron uh, agreement. So you're they really if you're on the second apron, they really just they they the, they the put NBA, the clinches on you. The NBA really are are just I'm not, I don't know, man. I'm a one point five nine rating for what? Look, man, basketball's different. We don't need parity in the NBA. We want great teams. Was, wasn't Cleveland and, and, and Golden State the, some of the highest rated finals games of the last decade? Those guys met each other four years in a row. I don't know what it is with these guys and wanting parity in this league. It's impossible to have legit parity in these in these things because there's not enough superstars. Basketball is very limited. We think certain guys are superstars. They're not. We've anointed them superstars by circumstance. Bradley Beal, he gets paid like a all-time great, but that's because he had the right time in Washington to get his contract. He's not even a third-tier player in my book because he's never available. But what about when he's available? Yeah, I'll I'll give him a third-tier player, but he's never available. So right now he's not. I don't know. You, 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 you make a terrible product that way. 
No one cares about what's going on in New Orleans. You have Zion Williamson, who's supposed to be the next great player. No one cares. People in New Orleans, I know people from Baton Rouge, they don't even know who the Pelicans are. They don't even know when they play. No one cares about Zion Williamson. No one cares about Brandon Ingram in New Orleans. No one cares about Long, um, Mellow Ball in, in Charlotte. See, if you look at the NFL, every star on each team, there's something there. C.J. Stroud in Texas. Tank Dell. Uh, you go to Green Bay, Jordan Love. You go to the Steelers. You got um, T.J. Watt. You got every team has a guy that people will kind of flock to. NBA, like half the team, half the teams in the NBA, no one cares anything about. So I'm just puzzled. I'm just puzzled by what 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 happens with these trades and how Chicago now starts hitting the reset button and then what? I don't know. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. It's funny because uh, we're in a situation where we're so desperate they're trying to stick uh, Drummond from the Bulls back on us. And I'm like, if it didn't work the first time, why would you want to try it again? You know, I, Drummond has to have the right fit around him in order to still at this at his age and his level, because he can still throw out those double doubles on occasion and, you know, you know, just reach back in the past every now and then. But it just it didn't work with the Lakers. It, it just was not a good fit. If you cannot see that. I don't know why you would want him back. Yes, he rebounds. Absolutely. One of the best rebounders in the game. But it just didn't work the first time. Why would you want to make it? Why would you think it would work this time around, Joe? <laughs> I don't think I want to get into that, really. I think that's... Okay. Well, but you agree with what I'm saying, right? The, yeah, the... I'm, I'm, yeah, we're we're so past that kind of talk. Well, our, our audience isn't. Drum, Drummond, his right. Drummond is, is, is a fossil in today's NBA. I mean, he's and played he'd well be, in place of Vukovic. He, he, he'd Vukovic, be a bigger fossil yeah. here, especially with a coach that struggles with basic alignments. Not the right answer. I mean, not the right answer. But they are running out of answers. They are running out of ways they, that right now the, on the this mental team, part is already jacked, folks. There's excuses being made almost three months into the season. Three months. It's excuse. It's a, it's, a, it's an excuse machine. Your head coach is an excuse machine. The head coach is supposed to tell us players stop making excuses. He's making excuses. That's terrible leadership. Terrible mentality. And him saying I've been through worse. I'm like, okay, we're not talking about life versus basketball. We know you've been through worse, and we appreciate that you were able to get through that. But this is sports. This is coaching a basketball team. I'm not trying to trivialize it, but it doesn't matter what you have to deal with in that world. We need someone to coach this team 
whether it's you bad, this good, it's irrelevant. It's apples and oranges. If anything, if you've been through worse, why are you using excuses? You should be hardened by now. It's my guess. But maybe I'm insensitive. I don't know. Why would they Orlando want to get rid of Goga Batazzi? I mean, Look, he's played well for him. Orlando he's, needs to do nothing but continue yeah. to build what they're building. They're playing well now. Don't they have a better record than the Lakers. Yeah. yeah. Orlando, don't screw up your team. You guys They got a, him off of waivers and they've it's it's been a great find for him. They haven't they 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 got a second chance with Dwight Howard. And after the Shaqu- the Shaquille debacle with the after four years where they made a major mistake, not giving him whatever he wanted. Um, after after Dwight Howard left, they've been in, in flux since. Now they're starting to get back on their feet. Don't don't ruin it for your, yourselves, folks. Keep developing the young players. You've got a lot of talent. You've got a good coach. You know, make sure you're you focus on what matters. Try to try to build your team as best you can, and then. I don't know. Maybe if you have a free agent slot open, you might have somebody come there. It's usually very hard, though, but it is Florida, so you have a shot. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, Orlando, I don't think they're there yet. Uh, You know, right now with Boston dominating the Eastern Conference and Milwaukee and Philadelphia there, you know, asking Orlando to do anything beyond those teams is is a lot. But, again, they're heading in the right direction. Uh, They've got a nice young core. And I, I'm so glad Suggs is finally shaping up to be the player that I thought he would be immediately coming out of the draft. I thought he was going to be the best rookie that year that he came out. And I, I really was behind him. And uh, I'm glad that it's finally working out for him. And he's finally putting things together on the offensive end. I never doubted his defense and his leadership, but his offensive game really had in the first few years had, had just betrayed him. And now that's finally coming around, Scored 27 the other night. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing what Orlando will do. But the time is now for other teams like Minnesota and OKC. And I think that's something that's also surprised us, Joe. For every Phoenix, the Lakers, and Golden State that's had a very disappointing season, Joe, Oklahoma City and Minnesota have really surprised us. Is their time now? Should they go in all in now? Should they go and uh, see what they can do to try and make an impression to get above Denver in the Western Conference this season? Oklahoma City? Both. Oklahoma City and Minnesota. Um, I don't know if Minnesota has enough. I don't know if they'd want to expand on what are what they already have with Edwards, Cat, and, and uh, Gobert. They'd have to trade one of those guys. Obviously, it's not going to be Ed, uh, Edwards. And I don't know if you want to trade Cat. I I think you got to ride it now. You're 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 first in the you're first in the uh, in the standings. Continue to get better. Oklahoma City does need one more guy. They do need one more guy, but I don't know if this is the year to go to go after it. Because maybe they might not need another guy. Maybe they might not need another guy. Can we know Shea Gill just going to be a star as a star? Are we waiting on who else are we waiting on in Oklahoma to be the next guy? Let's say the number two. Is Chet Holmgren the number two? Do you feel that he's the number two? He may not be yet, but he's on his way. He's, he's on playing. his way. Question is yeah. when. So if 
if Presti is patient and says this guy's going to be the 1A to Shea Gilgis, then you just continue to make sure the other 12 guys on the roster, 13 guys, are integral, are, are, are perfect players around those two guys. And then maybe in about two or three years, you might make a run. You might make a run. That's how I would look at it. They're already there right now with Chet Holmgren being really a, a rookie. So keep that continuity, keep that chemistry going. Minnesota, you finally are getting it right after all these years. I thought they weren't going to be as good, but they finally put it together. They're finally putting it together. I don't know if it'll last, but I'm going to guess it's almost the first week of uh, January. Looking like it will. JSJ, I will say before we head on out, they didn't need to draft a big man at that spot, at JHS spot. They just needed to draft someone who could be a good rotation player sooner rather than later. And it looks like which, when you see with Jaime Hawkins Jr., who was drafted right behind him, you saw him earlier this week, you know, for Miami playing extremely well. Podziemski for Golden State has played really good. Julian Strother for Denver has played good. Trace Jackson Davis, who was picked after Maxwell Lewis, a guy you spent money to move up in the draft to get, who you've not played a single iota uh, for real. I mean, okay, he's played some garbage time, but you haven't played him at all in any meaningful minutes here. That shows you where his development's at. That shows you what they think of him right now, that he's not ready. Yet Trace Jackson Davis, who was drafted behind him, he's playing key minutes off the bench for golden state and doing pretty good so a big man they could have put they could have drafted triple j jaime hakas jr at the slot of jhs slot and had themselves a productive guy with a four-year college guy coming off the bench right away that would have fit in your rotation now joe i believe him when he said when he said the other day that he probably wouldn't be playing as well as he is in miami but he would still be much more effective than what JHS is right now. And then at in the second round, you could have gotten a Trace Jackson Davis to help shore up that big man need. These are things, these are misses, Joe. These are valuable misses when you get these opportunities that you blow. And then, the, of course, we won't talk about the Max Christie deal. Max Christie, the jury's still out on him, but you spent millions on moving up in the second round to get him as well. And Cam you know, Whitmore, as Joe and I have referred to I, a lot. I don't know. I don't know if they're overthinking this. It's just uh, we've complimented the Lakers on their ability to get good players in, in the later rounds and in free agency. You can't completely dog them for the good that they've done. Alex Caruso, Austin Reeves. In the past, you had. I know he's. He kind of faltered there at the end with us. Uh, Taylor Norton Tucker is an NBA player. Second round pick. He's still, you know, doing relatively well considering his draft position. Jordan Clarkson was another one. Larry Nance, uh, first round late pick. You know, the, the Lakers have done good picking players. and But this last one was a bad one. Cam Whitmore, 12 points tonight. Against my, uh, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I didn't talk about it a lot at the time. In 13 minutes. But the reality is, you got to pick the best player available, no matter what. Especially that 
late in the draft. I don't know what they were thinking getting JHS. I really don't. He he doesn't embody anything that's really positive in the NBA. He's not particularly big. He's not particularly fast. He can't shoot a shoot the three. And from the looks of it, he plays scared. He can't defend either. Uh yeah. But you got him for those reasons. You said at least indirectly, you said this guy's gonna be the guy that might be a replacement for D'Angelo Russell. They didn't say that, but by your draft selection, you try to find a guy that was almost similar, which goes to show you that maybe D'Angelo Russell, if you were to redo the 15 draft, <laughs> you'd probably pick him in the, in the, in the mid-teens, late-teens, based off what you've seen. Arthur says Demoy Hodge was killing, uh, and thank you again, for Demo- uh, Arthur, for for the super chat. He said Demoy Hodge was uh, killing the G League. He was only averaging eleven points, but let's see his three point shooting, uh, as far as it's concerned. I'll go ahead and I'll reference it and I'll look it up right now. But yeah, he was uh, according to him killing the G League. Why did we cut him? We never really gave him a chance, other than some spare garbage minutes. I will give you. I will say you're right there. We never really gave him a chance against NBA level competition. I think he got a second quarter or late first quarter play like once, I think, this season. Your thoughts on Demory Hodge? We thought he could, you know, he may still be able to stick in the league, He, you know, if he can be consistent from the outside. Well, separation from his guy will be a big challenge for him. He's not particularly big, not very laterally quick. He can shoot, but you would need to get him the ball. Uh, in a spot where he has some distance to make mm-hmm. a shot. He he shot very well. I was very impressed with his shooting. During Summer League, he was fantastic. Yes, but Summer League and, and, and G League are so astronomically different than NBA basketball and so much different than a, a Lakers NBA basketball. Mm-hmm. It's just different. And I hope he goes somewhere and, and, and is successful. He deserves it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think the kid does has to have a shot to make it. Uh, he was averaging, according to the stats, was about, about 10, 11 points a game, which in the G League, you need to dominate, I think, for you really get attention. That's why the Lakers picked up Dylan Windler today after a 22.33 rebound. That's right. 22 points, 33 rebound game in the G League. He gets signed by the Lakers on a two-way, so he'll be eligible for a little over 30 games for the rest of the season. Your thoughts again on Dylan Willer, 6'6", guard slash forward, has not stuck in the league, has already had a taste of coffee in the league more than one occasion, hits about 37%. Your thoughts on Dylan Willer before we head it out? I I gotta, I haven't paid attention a lot to South Bay, honestly. But when I heard the stat this morning, I, I didn't know what they were talking about. I'm sitting there like, Dylan had 22 points, 33 rounds. Like, Who the hell is Dylan? Then I start doing some looking into him like, oh, I was just amazed at 33 rebounds. Any league, any place you can play basketball, that's still an impressive stat. 6'6", six, uh, six, I believe he is. I, I Shoot, man. I mean, that's still amazing, man. At 6'6", six, six, <laughs> 33 rebounds. Man, that other team he was playing must have really sucked. But... <laughs> But man, 33 rebounds, that definitely warrants uh, at least a, a look at. And I'd love to see if he could be 
a little secret weapon maybe out of nowhere that can get those 50-50 balls on, on rebounds. That's the other thing, too, by the way. I want to give LeBron some credit here. That little play he had with Memphis's Triple J, where uh, Jenkins went all nuts. LeBron dove for that ball and got the ball. I used to see Derek Fisher always win those those 50-50s doing that. I was um, very happy for LeBron doing that. That that Those are the type of things that you want to see. Yeah, exactly, Darren. You know, remember when uh, the press releases was like, oh, he's uh, JHS is the star of minicamp. He's the star of what was going on. Like, well, let's see it. Let's see it and happen. Let's see it in action. And we did it never, never materialized in exhibition games, in summer league games, in regular season games. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I wish we could stay positive, but this we're not we're not given a lot of positiveness here. No, but we've, we've always called it like it is, man. Yeah, but you know, and this is the problem too. I there I knew that there were deficiencies, but again, it's tiring. It's tiring to be negative, even if it's legitimate. It's not really negative. It's calling it how you see it, right? But it comes off negative regardless. It takes down the enthusiasm. It takes down the enthusiasm. It's it's because everything is so negative everywhere at every moment these days. Because that's just this just that's what that's what moves everything. People are miserable, or either that or people want to see bad news. They don't want to see good news. So it, there is a little bit of stretching, a little bit where I don't want everything to be bad. It's just exhausting. I thought about this the last couple of days. Every time I click on any news, always negative. I'm tired. I don't want to just unplug at this point. I don't see any negativity when I don't listen to the news or I'm on social media or whatever. I don't hear any of this stuff. I, I go to the grocery store. I go to work. A lot of positive there. A lot of positive. The wife goes, Joe, I, I need get some milk. Can you get some milk? Store? That's 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 everyday life. That's stuff. And milk is a big thing for me because I'm a big cereal eater. So it happens since I was a kid. So milk Which is kind? very important. Jeez. I, growing up, there were three that I would eat. Love raisin bran. Uh, I don't, I'm not a big raisin guy, but I, I, I it's not bad. Um, <clears throat> Cocoa Krispies is my all-time favorite. Yeah, but, and it turns to chocolate milk too. But that then again, so but good. after once the milk goes chocolate, it's like the rest, the crispies, they're no longer crispy. So you got to make soggy. sure you get all the all the cereal out, and then it's just like, oh, you, so there good. you go, oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, it. No, it's good. Fruit yeah, Loops. I, know, I, I agree ever, with you. I've done it. Yeah, I've done it. If I ever get bored, we don't want to change it up. I was eating Fruit Loops or uh, Frosted Flakes. When I got older, uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch became very very good. Really? Yeah, I okay. just like that one. It's not good. It, I felt like I ate, I ate a brick most of the time. Cookie crisp are underrated, low-key underrated. Yeah. Now, if I wanted to drop weight when I was a kid, I'd get Wheaties without sugar. It tasted like crap, but in my head, I was like, I'm eating I eat some cheer- I did Cheerios. Still do Cheerios. Uh, honey Cheerios, I will. I, we will have every now and then. Total, I've tried tried to get into totals. That that's it has to be totals with raisin. So. You like raisins in the oatmeal cookies? In, in, no, I don't like oatmeal. See, so weird. I don't like oatmeal raisins. I only like chocolate chip. 
but I do like raisins in the cereal, like raisin bran and all that. Uh, the thing with Lucky it Charms is I don't like the, the texture the of marshmallow on. I could eat it, but I don't like the texture of the Busted of the, Lucky Charms. It's too powdery. Delicious. <laughs> it's too powdery. It's like I'm eating sugar in a bulk. Mega Driver, absolutely. Anthony Davis has done everything that we've asked him to do because I know that uh, Joe last year was on the. Okay, Gerald, stay on that train with Anthony Davis. Then we saw his inconsistency as far as from the offensive end in the playoffs. Not saying anything defensively, just on the offensive end. And then this year to start the season, he was again up and down, up and down. But since mid November, Joe maybe late November-ish, but mid mid to late November. He has been incredible. He has done everything, Joe, that we have asked him to do. And it's so unfair that this team has not been able to produce around him. LeBron, for 39 years old, yeah, he was terrible in the Miami game, but scored 30-plus points in the Memphis game. Yes, I understand he takes defensive plays off, but as a 39-year-old, are you really going to get on this case continuously because of that they gave you 60 points between them, yet you still find ways to lose? How bad is that? And then you've got Austin Reeves 17 to 20 along with it. Yeah, that's probably the hardest part about this is usually it means usually when we would lose, it'd be because those guys are not in the lineup or yeah, one, yeah. but they're both playing well and they're still losing. That's the heartbreaker here. But that's Mega how... Driver, he's not going to win Defensive Player of the Year because the Lakers just have a lousy record. God, I Am wish I they wrong, Joe? I wish they wouldn't do that. They're going to do that. It's an award. You should, it should go to a player. They're going to do that, Joe. I'm going to tell you right now, they're going to do that. They're going to stick that record, and they're going to hold it against him. I guess we're going to have to just accept the fact that they don't like giving awards to the Lakers, too. <laughs> Kobe and Shaq. Have just as many MVPs as Steve Nash. Let that register. They're going to give it to someone like I love, Embiid I love Steve or Nash, Holmgren. by the way, too, guys. I, I, Steve Nash is a good dude. Phenomenal player. But it's 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 embarrassing. Shaquille O'Neal has one MVP. Shaquille O'Neal. One MVP, really? I mean, it's just not, not going to work. But uh, awards are not... I. Uh, we're here to win championships at the end and we're going to have to ride whatever the hell this is until it's off the tracks for good. So do you think it starts tomorrow against the Clippers? Do you know. think that they can shock the world and beat the Clippers tomorrow? Uh, even if you win tomorrow, will they lay an egg against Toronto the next game? It's this is, this can't be about one game. You need to be in a three or four week like mode where you're playing really, really well every game. You're not going to win every game, but I'd like to see some consistent, coherent basketball. And I don't want to hear excuses, but they're already giving excuses. This guy's out. This guy's out. Then you're not, your system sucks. You can't cover those guys for a couple of games. What are you doing? What are you teaching them? I know you're not teaching Max Christie anything, making up behind the back pass in a zone and letting them re recover in that defense and pretty much jacking yourself up even more. 
I know that uh, M24 is talking about us being, uh, you know, on the air the day that uh, Kobe statue gets unveiled. Of course, we'll be here uh, live. We'll go ahead and make sure that uh, we are available as far as in some sort of fashion, as far as, you know, during that game. Uh, you know, we'll have a pregame, obviously. We'll, we'll, we'll be here. We'll make something uh, good as far as that's concerned for Kobe and, and as they honor him. So I, I know M24, just by the fact that you're M24, Mission 24, definitely something that Kobe is a big part of your life. And we'll try to see what we can do to make it a special day for you as well. So Yeah, Alan, the, the mellowness is more about there's a time and place for everything. If I reacted like a psychopath every time something happened, it loses its luster. I, I I have a message in the end. It's not just fluff. It's just not fabricating something. It's it doesn't it doesn't work like that. I want this show to be informative. It's easy for us to be informative a lot because we know the history. We know what we can compare things to. A lot of people don't pay attention to the history, and just like anything else. The history teaches you stuff so that you can explain now. And then if you're watching something and analyzing it, not just following the ball back and forth, now we give you a different perspective on what's really going on. So we use the Mike Max Christie one as the perfect example of why this team is not coached well. A second-year NBA player should not be making that play. He should be benched. What are you doing? Why are you throwing the ball backwards? It's not like he was trying to save it from going out of bounds. Obviously, that's different. It's bad floor spacing. It's bad floor balance. The wrong people have the ball. Look what happened to Christian Wood when he got trapped in the backcourt. No one came in. It's badly coached. It's a badly coached team. And I, I hold LeBron sometimes accountable for this stuff because I'm being told that LeBron is a genius. And I'd like to think of, and you can't have it both ways, guys. I hear how LeBron is le GM. No, he's not. He's not le GM. He's a player. If, if he was le GM, he'd still be in Cleveland or Miami. When he tried to be le GM, he left Cleveland twice. When he tried to get guys fired, in Miami, they let him. They let him go there too, or they didn't. He left there too. There's a difference, guys. I told you, there's a difference. There's three phases to this: executives, the prep guys, the guys that go and find the talent, prepare the team, trades, drafting. Then you have the coach who focuses on game planning, adjustments, things like that. Then you got the players. Players need to focus on playing. They need to be coached. It's not an accident that if you look at all the play, all the coaches last 30 years, you got all-time greats winning championships with all-time greats. Most of the time. Darren saying, oh, excuse me, JSJ is saying, if we get blown out tomorrow, Ham is gone for sure. Do you think that's going to be the case? I don't. I, I, don't, I don't think so. I, he already got the proverbial vote of confidence, uh, and he seems very relaxed. He says he's solid uh, for a guy that doesn't seem to be too nervous about his job positioning right now, despite everybody else out there, you know, 
already having him on the hot seat. Actually, I shouldn't say no, but I won't say I definitively 100% no. I have no idea. I, 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 I'm more, I I'm more curious on what their plan is. They don't want to choke on that money unless they really have to. Is Phil Handy going to make that much of a difference? Maybe the first week and then things settle down, right? Because usually happens when you get a new coach, you get a bump up in effort and people go, oh, my job, my job. I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to be benched now. Am I going to be, or, or for another player, am I going to be in the starting lap? And you see the effort level, for, like you said, a week. Yeah, it's it's just uh, I'm not, I just I don't think we're in a position to really know what this team is. I mean, you're you're talking about a five year contract now. They're gonna have to pay him for three and a half years for not coaching the Lakers. That's a lot of money. I don't know what the hell they were thinking giving that guy five years. No idea. They didn't give it to Lou. I don't know if Monty was offered five. Didn't give it to Vogel. Didn't give it to Vogel. Vogel won you a championship. Vogel is the first non-Laker coach, or let's say nepotism coach, nepotism Laker guy. I think since Bill Sharman, no way, Westhead. Okay. So these guys aren't used to hiring people that, I just found it hilarious that they hired that guy. And it's almost like they wanted him out before they even started. A Vogel? Yeah. Yeah, because you know we they had the Jason Kidd thing, and yeah, it's like they already told. Well, you know, you're the third or fourth or fifth choice for us. Yeah, that was just even then we were talking about it then about just he got a raw deal, and uh, it you know we see, you know, he's not in making great advancements in Phoenix. Uh, you know, I know that there we you know if you listen to the guys that on the those Phoenix podcasts like the ones the eight oh five that. Uh, Sean's her friend, she's friends with, you know, obviously they're not happy with the way he's coached there, but I think he got a raw deal here and, and should have been at least another year before you decide. Well, you're not giving, you didn't give Vogel. I don't, I don't think Vogel should have taken the Phoenix job. I mean, you're going to take a job because you want to be a head coach, but that's a yeah. tor- terribly constructed team for a Frank Vogel culture. He's a defensive guy and guys like Devin Booker and, Bradley Beal are known as not good defenders. Rooker's maybe a little bit better, but Bradley's not good. Durant can be effective because of his length, but you know he's he's kind of getting old too. Can't expect him to go all out on defense. Not trying to make excuses again. I I saw Frank a Frank Vogel coach team play very very well. Uh, he's got talent. I saw him almost take out a prime to LeBron James and the Miami Heat. He can coach. And that's the problem here, man. It's like there's really no black and white answer when it comes to coach versus player and what's good and what's bad. We have a habit in, in, in sports to blame the coach for everything. Other than Dave Roberts, you can kind of get away a little bit from maybe a little bit of reality. I, I'm hard on Mike Tomlin, and I have some justification for that too because he tends to uh, not have his teams prepared two or three times out of the year, no matter what year it is. But I don't know. I'm tired of blaming the coach for everything. I'm I'm getting burnt out from that. It's the same discussion everywhere you go. When someone doesn't win, it's the coach's fault. 
That's an organizational issue, I believe. But the I Lakers always have it. Yeah, the Lakers, top to bottom. The Lakers are are just genius. She's not an owner. She's not an owner. She's not a good owner. She's a figurehead. She's a figurehead. She she makes decisions off what makes her feel good. Mega Joe agrees with you on Dave Roberts. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be curious to see if they blow it next year with Otani and Yamamoto because he decides to take Yamamoto out in the fifth inning because he feels like he wants to save him for the World Series in the wild card round or something like that. But that's I, I don't want to talk about that. I, I'd rather <laughs> worry about that later. But I hear you. I, I am getting burnt out from blaming coaches and, and, and stuff. It's At some point, you have to start looking at the players and looking at the people assembling the talent. The Lakers, Genie is not, Genie is in a lot of ways, maybe not the uh, insecure type, like a like a Jerry Jones or like Dan Snyder was back in the day. But she doesn't know how to hire the right guys in that, that area. The Lakers need a Jerry West type GM and I say that in the in the sense of someone who puts in the work. I just don't see Rob Palenka being the guy that puts in high school and college time yet. He sets scouts out, which I know all teams have scouts, but unfortunately, it's different when the main guys see stuff versus the uh, the minions. I'll give you an example. I told you know I I have the ticket still here. I'm probably one of the few that do for the Victor Wimbyama Scoot Henderson game. But, you, you know, if you're a guy that's really into the draft, like Rafael Barlow was there, he flew in from, you know, wherever he was flying in from to get there. And, you know, uh, there were so many other people there as far as in the draft. And you had the scouts. And you had the Lakers scout. One of the bus brothers was there. I, I saw I saw him, you know, he was at the near the restaurant, you know, just talking, whatnot, you know, during halftime when I also bummed into Shams and all that. But the guy that you did, didn't see was Rob Palenka. And this is just 45 minutes away, Joe, from L.A., so it's something he could have done. And it's not just because you're watching Victor Wembyama, a guy that you can't draft. You were there to watch seven or eight different draft eligible candidates that ultimately did get in, into the draft. So wouldn't you think that he would be there? Remember, they had two opportunities. There were two games, two opportunities to see all these draft choices. And yet Rob Palinka doesn't bother to go ahead and do that. 45-minute flight away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe it matters. Maybe it doesn't in that situation. I might be just grasping at straws again. Like I said, I. It's just just an observation. That's yeah, I, at some point, I think you just need to get someone who knows how to do their job. The Lakers have two great players on this team. I don't believe they should be in this position, and it, and it, it likely wouldn't if you had picked the right coach. But then at the same time, would LeBron listen to him? because he's had a history of not listening to newly hired coach type guys. We discussed how Shaq tends to embellish his, his stories sometimes about how, well, Brian Hill hadn't won anything. And I don't know if I respected him and I don't know if he actually said that, but you know, you look at the series in 95, I think they should have won that series against Houston. And then Kurt Rambis, Del Harris, he did it to Pat Riley towards the end of his stay. So it, 
there's a lot of contradictory things. The stars kind of tend to pollute that sometimes too. So there's this whole, and you know, the great R.C. Buford, the San Antonio Spurs and Greg Popovich, they pissed off Kawhi Leonard that he's supposed to be the even killed guy. So maybe there isn't any answer to this. Maybe it's luck with a little bit of preparation and the right stars. Because that's that's the only thing to me makes sense anymore. There has to be some luck. Because apparently when Kobe and Shaq were winning championships, it still wasn't enough for them. They wanted they wanted to still be a certain way. It's hard to Golden State is going through this, right? So it's yep. not just a Laker problem. Yep, and uh, they they lost Chris Paul for several weeks after he fractured his hand. Uh, they're getting Draymond Green, whose suspension was lifted after twelve games. Do you agree with that? Only twelve game suspension. Do you think it should have been more? I don't know. I think Draymond Green is kind of to me old news. Uh, he does nothing for me. According to Tom and according to Bill Simmons, we should be traded to the Lakers. Yeah, Bill Simmons is a jackass uh, troll. Tom, God rest his soul. God rest his heart. But, <laughs> not dead yet. Yeah, sorry, Fro- Freudian slip there. <laughs> You're putting him in the grave. Uh, don't. I, I don't. I don't know what's going on with with Tom's. I, I don't. I. The last thing this team needs is Draymond Green, someone who can't I, shoot. I agree. Who can't really defend anymore, and who can't really do anything for you except give you more texts. I don't agree I don't, with you more. I, I I just think most of these play most of these teams that are great or win, they just reach a they reach a, a finality that that just needs to change. The voice needs to change. And you can never let a player run your team. Never let your player run the team. But then you'd have to be like Pat Riley in Miami. Is uh, one of those rare organizations where they can continue to be uh, effective, but the players there kind of get it. But then again, see, they keep reaching the finals. They've reached the finals. Yep. In two of the last four finals and got, I mean, they were pretty competitive with us, but it, it took. Every ounce. And they took a game from Denver. Yeah, it took every ounce. They were toast against Denver. They were done after that. They, they, they that Not being able to get out of that Boston series, at least in four or five, cost them a championship or even a chance at maybe competing a little bit more. They played as good as they could have played, especially Jimmy Butler. Who could you started with our chat in regards to Tom? Poor Tom. He never gets a break with us. I don't want anything to happen to Tom, folks. I love Laker Tom. As much as we, he, you know, we've name called me over the years. I I got nothing but love for that man. It's a joke. It's a joke. And uh, I like to see, you know, if if, if Tom gives it, it's good. I don't know if he can take it, but he gives it. He's 78 years old and he's still doing it every day as far as the Lakers are concerned. But but Tom also needs to know his trade ideas are terrible 90% of the time. He doesn't. He trolls himself. You know he trolls himself. Some of the stuff he puts out there, he knows is trolling when he hits send. No, it was a joke, uh, Alan. Come on. <laughs> I don't wish any ill will towards Tom. Yeah, absolutely. No, not at all. None in the least. So, yes, Laker Tom, go ahead and support him today at Laker Tom on Twitter. 
Also, as well, go ahead and check them out at Lakerholics.com. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Joe, it is tomorrow. The Clippers, uh, you know, one of the final times they will be sharing the same arena as far as in the same game, unless they meet in the playoffs. And, and, you know, that's, you know, something in and of itself. But uh, we're here to cover it. We're going to cover it all. We're going to hope that the, the, you know, what, what Vegas has and what everybody else is thinking out there as far as the beatdown is concerned will not happen for the Lakers. But any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on out? Good luck tomorrow. Yeah, we'll need it. We'll need it. <laughs> now curse getting in. <laughs> Kerr. <sighs> oh my gosh. No, no, it's just like uh search says blame Kurt if 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 there are any yeah, problems. Alan, Alan, Alan thinks I'm full of crap, so it's a good way to end the show. Well they they those two Kurt and Search, they have an I've seen them on uh Empire Jeffs and yeah, they, they have fun with each other. They're, I think they owe each other like 10 million virtual push-ups or something like yeah. that as far as I guess. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I've, I've lost track. I just I just see the banter back and forth and I smile yeah. because it, it means that we have a great community here at the Lakers Fast Break and it's truly appreciated. Search, again, truly appreciate you moderating as always. No one does it better out there. Cannot thank you enough. Kurt, always a great time here. Alan, Mega Driver, a new face. Please like and subscribe. We'd love to have you here more often. M24, you know you're awesome as well. Truly appreciate it. Everybody out there that has been a part of our chat and also watching, it's just truly appreciated. And Alan, again, truly cannot thank you enough for stopping by. Everybody else, Darren, of course, Intel Wild, two of our awesome regulars that are there. I, I didn't see Darren for a couple of days, so I was worried about you, Darren. So I'm glad to have you here as always. Intel, same thing. So, yeah. Kurt Affair says Tom drinks coast. He's 79. Yeah, that's right. He's 79. So yeah, he'll outlive us all. <laughs> I don't age discriminate. If Tom wants to throw down, I'll whoop his ass. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but okay. <laughs> Going all in with Alan, Mr. New York. Guys, calm down. Man's just trying to live his life over there in Northern California. I got my Yankees, Gerald. I got my 49ers, and I got my Lakers. Yankees, Yankees are going to get you. Yankees are going to get Yamamoto any day now. I remember him telling me that just before they signed with the Dodgers. That'd be terrible, by the way, beating up a 79-year-old man. I mean, how pathetic would that be? <laughs> I could just see, I told you. I told you. I, I got to hand it to Tom because I don't think I'll make it to 79. I think I might make it to like 78 or something like that. But So good for him, especially drinking all that sugar water. Yes. That he does the the coke syrup indeed, but it is the Lakers fast break. Hey, if that's all he's doing every now and then. That's actually not bad. Not a smoker, right? He no, he's well. He, uh, does he, he smoke the cigarettes or just this? No, uh, just 
just this, I believe. So yes, yeah. uh, yeah, he's a, he's a little bit invested, I will say, in in into the weed product. But yeah, he does do his daily hikes. He does do his what five mile daily hikes, I think, in the morning. See, so, that's yeah. probably why. So he burns. That's how he listened to me in the first place on his daily hikes. So, he yeah. burns all that sugar off. There you go. Absolutely. Next on Lakers playback, Tom versus Joe. Tom was the one nagging me to get on playback. And then he got so irritated with the time delay on playback that he said, I ain't coming back on playback. I'm like, well, thanks. There you go. Yeah, he was supposed to be heading up our playback shows. And that didn't work out so well, did it? We're heading up playback. And we truly appreciate it. In fact, we're going to simulcast it again on all of our various channels and formats just for you. So you'll hear us in all of our NSFW glory, as far as all the curse words, all the stuff that's going on, all the crazy conversations, all the stuff that we're talking about during the middle of the game, because we stop usually talking about the game when it gets depressing and start talking about something else that tries to cheer us up and you up at the same time. So you'll hear all of that tomorrow on our simulcast. That's hilarious. Absolutely. So, yeah, how long do you think that it will be before Draymond does go on another suspension again? For the rest That's of the a great year? question. I think he's going to probably be a good boy the rest of the way. Really? Yeah. Okay. You don't think he'll lose his temper one more time? Uh, if he does, he will be out for the year, and I don't think... Uh, do you think somebody will prod him into it? No. I don't think he'll do it. You don't think anybody like uh, a Jokic or anybody like that will just you know, give him an extra nudge or something like that. To... Well, let's talk about that. If he lets that affect him, he's going to be gone. Okay. He'll be gone for the year. That'll be it. This was the last warning. Okay. Just See, and, and again, I, I heard a comparison to Rodman. Rodman never did stuff like it's the, the things that Draymond did with his antics versus the stuff that Rodman did other than one time. When he kicked the, uh, the camera, camera guy. Yeah, that was uncalled for. His was always geared around getting into your head. Mm. Draymond's just a fake tough guy. He's a fake tough guy. He's going to go coach. He's going to go choke Rudy Gobert. Why are you coaching? Why are you choking Rudy Gobert? Why don't you go choke Drummond? What would happen then? Would he? No. Drummond whoop his ass. Well, Kevin Garnett had that habit, by the way. He'd always yell at the... Yes. Smaller guys, you want to be and a always tough guy. The, and he took he had the worst shot in his repertoire. The that that twenty four foot shot where he had his feet on the line, he loved that shot. Was so infatuated that shot. It's so irritating. And I'm like, take a step back and at least shoot the three. But he would always take that shot. It was just so irritating that he would do that because it was just. I don't know. I, I couldn't get it. I couldn't fathom why someone would actually always do that because he'd always have his feet on the line, his back of his feet on the line, just take one step back and shoot the three. But yeah. Derek Fisher had that problem a little yeah. bit. His little toe bit. was always on the line. But that was in the front part of his toe. I'm talking about where he, you know, where Garnett shot it, where his back of the foot. I think it didn't matter then since it wasn't a three point. Yeah, it wasn't league. a three point league, but it just is so irritating. Even back then, I was just like, man, dumbass but anyways you know I digress once again it is the lakers fast break we will be back tomorrow for the live coverage of the of course the clippers and the lakers looking forward to it uh, joe and i will be back hopefully we get magic man chunk rice who gets some rest and be back here he was going to be on tonight but he's just too tired right now he's been dealing with some stuff for the past few days and 
as he explained the other day. And, you know, again, we're wishing him the best, but he said he'll try and be back here tomorrow. Stone is going to be away for a while. He's in the process of moving. So, uh, you know, hope, wishing him all the best, but he said he'll be back before the trade deadline. Laker Nick hopefully will be here tomorrow. It's always great to have him here. He's a very busy man as well. So, yeah, we've got a good crew. And John Costa make return from Lakers Corner. I'm trying to get Lakers all day, every day, because I know they were trying to come on our show a couple different times. And so I, I put out a message to them to see if they're interested on coming on, doing a show around them or having them jump on our post games from the start and not like right, you know, about 10 minutes before we go off the air. So hopefully we can get that straightened out. So we'll see. We'll see. Always love that Lakers community talk, you know, coming in. So. Always like to meet new people. I met you because I was searching out. Yeah, I still remember that post. It was right after there was some discussion that Lakers ball would would consider doing a podcast. And I was kind of at the forefront of it. And then you came like, I think a month later. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, sweet. This is exactly what we need. I'm just looking for new faces. Fresh faces. JSJ, I think it is Aaron. That, uh, he was in our chat a couple different times. He wanted to jump immediately on. And I don't like posting the link out there because, again, you know, I've seen that gone wrong. Uh, if you just email me, and I was begging him to email me. I want to address one last thing. Uh, so it is, if it is Aaron, I'll reach out to him. I've, I'm, I have the typed up on one of my other tabs. The, the gentleman who apologized for his comments on New Year's. Yeah. Who was drunk? Uh, what yeah. was his name? Um, I got it here just a sec. Let me go ahead. And, uh, get, uh, go ahead. Continue. I'll, I'll, I'll okay. Give you a sec. First and foremost. He apologized again, by the way. Thank so. you for your apology. By the way, what you said, even if, even though it was derogatory, was not in any way a bigoted comment. Just yeah, understand that. I, I notified that to him. Yeah, yeah not, that's yeah. not how we roll here. I, I, uh, Kuban I told, Skop uh, yeah. for the Czech so Republic. Don't, we live in a this sensitivity thing with comments. Sometimes it seems like people manifest things in their own head. There was nothing wrong with what you said other than the the disrespect. It, it wasn't about who who she is. Yeah. Uh, and I made I let him physically. know that in a follow-up comment. So yeah. yeah. Kuba, so, yeah, his last comment to us was was okay. He's he's cool. He's go Lakers and you again, wanna, and, and again, you, you wanna not Look, I know there are guys that don't like me out there that assume I think a certain way. That's been going on for a very long time in my life, folks. It's not something new, so I'm used to it. Matter of fact, I had a discussion with one of my uh, very good friends who's been trying to pump up sim blades out in the desert with all those rich developments, the Dell Webb's golf course types, talking to HOAs and all that. I remember one of his... Uh, former, I guess he's in real estate business, one of his former uh, buyer. Uh, the term he used was, I don't know about that guy. And his name is Blake. Blake was embarrassed to tell me. He, he kind of, I guess, mustered enough courage to finally say, hey, man, this guy kind of said, I don't know about that guy. And I started laughing. And Blake felt so comfortable after that telling me things. I said, no, Blake. I know who I am. I know I make people uncomfortable, especially the late, the late 60 baby boomer types. There's a, there's a uh, size measuring thing going on for some reason with me, my personality and the baby boomer generation. I I notice it every, for every 10 uh, of those guys I speak to, there's one of them that you could tell they're just kind of like sizing me up. 
they're waiting for me to be the a scam a scam guy because of the way I my delivery is. The ones who love me are always the women in their 30s uh, and 40s. Same with I males. I leave too. that one alone. I'm talking about business here, but <laughs> I know our chat won't. But I the key will is, leave that one again, alone. The key is. I don't want people to not like me. That's not how my brain works. But the reality is, if you say things that, let's say, if if, if someone is a deep-seated LeBron fan and you criticize LeBron, they're going to get mad. Just like deep-seated Kobe fans were when he would get criticized. As much as I love Kobe, for those who have Listen to me talk about the um, 2012 playoff run. Him and Gasol lost us that series. That was his second worst playoff series against Oklahoma City. I love Kobe. I always will love Kobe, but you got to call what what's going on. And that's and by the way, just because I say something about those guys doesn't mean I'm going to go cancel everything. Okay, LeBron has said some things I don't agree with, especially off the court. But I'm not going to go run into a corner, cry, go on social media and say, I'm never going to do this again. Get over it. Okay, it's not that big of a deal. You can say stuff. You can express your displeasure. Let it go after that. Otherwise, you're just like any any other schmuck that wants to just have everything the way they want to have it. So as far as our, our, our... our audience out there who who disagree with us, if you will, you can disagree, but you're also going to get a response if I feel like you're disrespecting the people involved in the show. If you hadn't said anything to Z, I wouldn't have cared. I probably wouldn't have even have commented. The Z part is what pissed me off. And her volume was, I, I get that, uh, and I, I understand, and I apologize for that personally, because I know there was a couple other people on YouTube that said the same thing in regards to the volume. So uh, I talked to Z about that, and she she's going to, next time she comes on, it, it'll be better. We'll make it, we'll make it better, you know, that's, that's the case. So for that, we apart, we apologize. But the content of what she's saying, that's her opinion. That's her opinion. And she does a lot of research and work into that. That's why she provides the Z notes. She didn't have to do that. She wants to do that, and we're very appreciative that she does. And you know, she and I disagree all the time on stuff, but I do not appreciate uh, enough, you know, uh, what she does for us. I cannot thank her enough for what she does for us. Uh, I, you know, I just appreciate so much what she does for us here at the Lakers Fast Break. And this is not going to stop. There's going to be the bigger the audience, the more you'll get the the guys that'll say whatever they think they can say because they're behind their little computer. So it's but not Kuban, is, Kuban apology is accepted and we yeah, appreciate yeah, it. And he's a regular viewer and, and listener. And, and again, I want, you know, it's all water in the bridge. We're all and the easiest thing, easiest thing to do in this situations is acknowledge the problem, mm-hmm. retort. And if you connect to the response, like he did, he apologized, then we all win. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He stood up and he, and he apologized. We, we called it out. And he apologized, and uh, we move on from there. It's just so funny, though, because it came as 2024, here we are. And then all of a sudden you see that, and it's just like the timing. 
Maybe he was having a bad day. Well, he because he's he's it was already 2024, well into 2024 for him. But yeah, it was just so funny. The timing for me, it had just turned 2024. It was like the first thing you see is ping right there. It's like you suck. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> Uh, current affairs said Zangestein is the best. We always have her back. Absolutely. She's tremendous. And uh, we truly appreciate uh, everything that she does to contribute for us here at the Lakers fast break. And, and uh, hopefully that uh, she will be able to do so in the not too distant future. Indeed. Mega driver says salute from Puerto Rico. Got a new subscriber. Thank you very much. Mega driver. Truly appreciate it. I love the fact that the Lakers fast break. And that's something I mentioned to Kuvan is that we've been listened to in over 60 countries my friend we listened reviewed in over 60 countries from one side of the globe to the other it just shows you the kind of love that this team you know and that the people have for this team we you know as the lakers it's one of those things that are positive in the new age of communication we couldn't do this on a radio station 15 years ago we'd have some radio producer telling us how to talk how to stand how to wipe our butts. We were able to get on here at any time, any way, be who we are, and entertain. So not everything is bad, guys. Not everything is bad out there. There's a lot more good. Dante, CJ is the best of those rookie quarterbacks by far. (laughs) You're funny, Dante. Uh, Yeah, CJ, I, 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 I mean, the Texans... It's funny how quick the NFL could turn around. They were joke, man. They, they were, were absolute terrible. And they didn't even get the first pick. Usually the second quarterback stinks compared I to I was first. laughing them after they made that trade. Uh, you know, what was the trade that they made? Was it with uh, Arizona or which was the trade that they made as far as when they got rid of the receiver and, you know, uh, uh, the Hawkins. Hopkins, yeah, and I was just like, man, this team, this organization is an absolute joke. But look at them now, look at them now. So yeah. one for Bill O'Reilly. I'm sorry, O'Brien. Yeah, I mean, it's proofs in the pudding right there. We thought he was a joke. We thought the way he was handling the team was a joke, and you know, the laughs on him, back, the laughs guys, for him. That goes back to again, luck, good coaching, good players. There's this mix in and around that area where they didn't even get the be- the best quarterback in the draft and look what they they that they do now well they do they do now and they don't yeah. even have tank dell right now they don't even have tank dell they have collins turned into tank dell when tank dell went down i uh, it's and that's the point guys look at the difference between houston texans the number one receiver goes down they're able to put somebody on there you look at let's say the baltimore ravens i know they lost today but that's because after team was sitting they have Mark Andrews, who's arguably the best tight end in the league behind, let's say, maybe Kelsey before he kind of started dwindling down towards the end of the year. And then they get Likely in there, and he's the best uh, tight end the last four weeks. Excuses, excuses. Excuses, excuses. Play better. Run a better system, and you won't have those problems when you need to adjust for a couple games. Well, the Texans are definitely having the last laugh now, but Speaking of hopefully having the last laugh, it is the Los Angeles Lakers tomorrow against the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, we'll see what happens. 
This is going to be tomorrow. We're going to go ahead and be on for the pregame, as always, right before the game, giving you the latest news and notes, injury notes. Will D'Angelo play or not? That's going to be an iffy. We'll see. Rui will still be out. He's still day-to-day with that left calf strain. Of course, you know about Gabe Vincent. It might be the debut of Dylan Windler. We'll go ahead and, and see if that's the case, but we'll talk about it. Of course, we'll be here for the game on playback.tv slash fast break or available right here where you're watching it because it'll be a simulcast. We're going to try that simulcast thing again and see how that goes. Hopefully Sharky will not send me 350 responses during the game. Seemingly, I think it went that high. And although I do appreciate his, his enthusiasm as always, but yeah, it was quite something during the game. But yeah, you'll be able to follow along with us, get to see everything. And then, of course, the post game, the best post game that's out there is, of course, the Lakers fast break. Mega Drivers says Lakers tomorrow, 13 three pointers made. <sighs> I hope it's a little bit more. I hope the Lakers will will go ahead and try to defend the three a little more. Because, you know what, Joe, the Clippers have been really thriving off the three in their recent run. Yeah, if he plays defense the way they've played the last two games, you could probably call that game after the third quarter. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sharky wants to go in the game. That's up to him. You know, again, I don't know. Uh, I'm keeping my hands off of that one. He's saying he's going to go down there. Uh, you know, he works with the Lakers fast break. And I'm like, no, 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 Sharky. No, no. We only offered a suggestion, and a, an idea. It's up to you. You're on your own if you do all that stuff. So slow down, buddy. Slow down. So. Yes, of course, Joe is egging him on at the same time. So, yeah, it really works out that way. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Soro and me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much again for watching this thing. We will be back tomorrow for the Lakers and Clippers. Hopefully the Lakers can get off the schneid, which I've been saying now for four games now. So hopefully the Lakers will get off the schneid, get a win, get a victory at home. And hopefully start a successful month after that. I know I'm being positive. Otherwise, if they don't, and it's another dumpster fire, we'll be here as well to provide therapy. And, of course, all the post-game comments that Darvin Ham seems to piss off Lakers Nation with after the game as well. So we'll see what happens there. But what, what Joe? Local, man. That's funny. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Kurt Fair, you know, that's... I can see that happening at some point in time. You know, if we ever decide to get pressed to credentials, yes, God help us all. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. Mission 24 says the Laker fans of the Philippines love us and we love Z. Yes, we do uh, have a great love for Z. She is awesome. And hopefully she is doing well out there in the Philippines. Hopefully everyone out there around the world where you're watching it, Puerto Rico, uh, great place to be. So definitely uh, appreciate Mega Driver being there, subscribing to us from there. But wherever you're at, whether you're in Trinidad, Tobago, the UK, Taiwan, uh, Germany, Czech Republic, uh, Canada, wherever you're at, truly appreciate you joining us for the show today. Go ahead and check us out if you have any questions. Again, comments below if you're seeing this after the fact or LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. So for Joe Soro, it's Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much again for watching listening. Truly appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow. It's the Battle of L.A. It's the Clippers and the Lakers. Will the Lakers get off the schneid or will the seat get even warmer for Darvin Ham? We'll find out tomorrow. And whether it be painful or not, we'll be with you all the way right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.